Hello and welcome to the Sports for Business podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hartnett, and today we are going into the numbers as part of our Insight series looking at important sporting research. Today's guest is John Long, the Managing Director of Onside Sponsorship, and the conversation centres on the publication of the sixth wave of the Onside Sports Impact Monitor, conducted with organisations that are members of the Sport for Business Network. We cover the degree of confidence there is across our sector, and also look at hot topics such as the need to attract younger audiences, the diversity profile of sport in Ireland, and the attractiveness of different sports and how that has changed over the past 12 months. Before we get into the rushes of what the research tells us about where we are right now in the summer of 23, we asked John to give us a little background on this research, which kicked off for the first wave back in 2020. So this is the sixth wave of a survey we've done with Sport for Business. We started those surveys during COVID. We wanted to get a proper temperature check of the of the industry, the key issues for the industry during that really difficult time. And what we found is actually doing that has been really useful for, for us, obviously, but also for the industry and in really understanding you know, how a few key metrics are performing. So you know, how people feel about the industry itself, how they feel about their own organisation within that, how they feel about specific parts of the sports industry. So sponsorship, for example, a, you know, a key indicator of the health of the business of the industry. And then to be able to delve into some particular hot topics at any particular time. So we've been tracking the rise of women's sport from a business point of view. We've been tracking diversity and inclusion and in this latest wave, we've also been looking at youth and, and the relevance of sport to the, the younger audiences as well. So I think in doing this on a number of occasions now, one, we're, we're able to track what's happening at the industry view because we're speaking to members of the industry, so members of the sport for business community. We're speaking to them at scale. So we, you know, I hope that peers can see that they where their views are reflected by their peers, but also where they're perhaps different. And, and we believe you know, at, at Onside, fundamentally, our business is built on intelligence. And so it's this sort of intelligence that really helps feed the industry and give everyone confidence about what's happening in the market and where the market is heading. One of the nice things, and we'll come into the detail of the of, of some of the more specific questions in a, in a moment or two. But one of the nice things is that softer edge of, of optimism, because it's very difficult to actually track and particularly in the modern environment where we don't have quite so much coming together as an industry and a sector. And oftentimes we can be working in, in, in our own offices or even at, even at home. So that sense of, of optimism around our own organizations, around the sector as a whole and around the macro economy has been, has been shifting very nicely in most parts. But it is concerning that the macro level of of of, um, of enthusiasm and confidence has actually declined this time around. Cost of living, do you think, is that the is that the main principal area behind it? Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, that that would be the, the the logical thing. And in fact, there's a question in there specifically about cost of living as well, which we wouldn't have asked two years ago, certainly. 
and and so there is that slight decline but there is still high levels of of optimism not just around the organizations of those you know your individual organization but also around the industry and, and parts of it and so sponsorship for example remains an area that most people are mostly optimistic about albeit there's just a little bit of a softening in there and one of the indicators which i particularly liked is the fact that we've got twice as many organizations that are taking on new sponsorships as are existing from old ones so that's in an industry that you know that that has a, a long lead-in time, that's a pretty good indicator, isn't it? That we're that we're heading into a period where where we can be confident. That's right, and I think the the thing that really gives me confidence is that ordinarily you'd see very optimistic rights holders and slightly less optimistic sponsors, but actually, if you look into the data, it's the sponsors themselves, the brands that are slightly more optimistic about the sponsorship sector. Than, than the rights holders, which which says to me that that sponsorship in Ireland is is working, right? That's the you know, and again, it's a very general statement to make, but you know, that the fact that those that are making decisions about whether they invest in sponsorship or other forms of marketing or in other areas of their business seems to me that they're saying that they're they're optimistic about the benefits that sponsor, sports sponsorship specifically that we're talking about here can deliver to them. The, the clue is in the name of, of our organization, Sport for Business, and it does split pretty much down the middle in terms of the, the input to this survey from, as you say, the sponsors and the rights holders. And, and it is it's interesting to look at just how they overlap at times and then diverge on different occasions as well. One of the areas that we've that we've looked at is in relation to the uh, you know the attractiveness of particular sports and there's no surprise that rugby, Gaelic games and, and football still appear right up there at the very top with 90% plus figures for each of those. Um, which of the sports in, in the report has, has come out as being the one that has made the most progress over the last 12 months? So the specific question uh, is really around the last um, six months is, is what we ask. So we, we asked that question specifically. And then we look at them in, in, in general terms as well. And, and the one that we've seen come to the top of that last six month piece is actually athletics. And, you know, like that, if we go back two, three years, that's probably a bit of a surprise. But actually, if you think about what's happening in athletics at the moment, number one, we're 12 months out from the Olympic Games. And so you can start to feel the, the, the very first steps towards Paris 2024. And that's going to be a you're the first one in our time zone since 2012, right? So that's a, that's going to be a, a big Olympics. But also we've got this emergence of a wave of, of, of athletes in, in Ireland as well. Um, you did an interview recently with, with Rashida, um, who is just the most amazing you know, young athlete who's just turned professional in the last uh, couple of weeks. And I think you know that wave of, of really you know strong, high-performing young athletes is, is really, really interesting and and that's the one that's come out on, on top there, ahead of the big three of rugby, soccer and, and, and GAA. Yeah, in terms of the, the improvement in, in what they've that's achieved. Right. And we're talking about improvement here. There's still a big gap between those, those top three uh, and the rest. 
the the other sport which which performed particularly well in terms of the uh, of the, of that that improvement was gymnastics again mm-hmm. which is led by really high performance at the global level from Reese McLenahan and mm-hmm. and others that are coming through there there is still though quite a substantial gap you've mentioned it there between those big 3 and you know the other sports is there something in relation to what's happening globally will the olympics will naturally give a, a, a kick to you know to a lot of those sports to actually sort of raise their profile again but is that an area where there is opportunity for brands to actually reach into and to gain a little bit more ownership do you think most definitely and and the key thing here and, and if you start through the lens of the sport itself right that the sports want to grow them themselves but actually the resources that they have are limited right so if you think about those sports that you mentioned there gymnastics and athletics but also other sports like cricket like golf you know the 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 national governing bodies of those sports are small they might have one two or three people working in marketing communications and, and and a budget that's relatively small so there's not much that they themselves can really do to shift that needle it's really when a partner comes in and and has an aligned set of objectives that you can start to see that that needle move. And the classic example in in Irish sport is is uh, LGFA and, and and Lidl, right? And and the investment that Lidl made in LGFA a, a decade ago that they continue to make today, and that puts them at the top of the women's sports sponsors when we ask you know the consumers about unprompted awareness. I think the good thing that we've seen. In a couple of those other sports that I've just mentioned there is um, with a sport like golf and, and, and KPMG and the Women's Irish Open, a sport like cricket and Serta now with, with women's cricket. And what those rights holders have, have seen is that they've taken a partner on board who has that alignment of objectives in terms of promoting the same things that they want to promote. And those are both examples from from women's sport but i think they're both also you know, just indicative of what the the rights owner is trying to do for either their property in the case of the women's irish open or their sport in in, in the case of of cricket and it's it, it's those partnerships i think that don't necessarily maximize sponsorship income but but optimize the other objectives that that might bring around reach around engagement around audience growth or participation growth We've seen that with the FIFA Women's World Cup as well. Sponsors like Sky Ireland and, and Cadbury, uh, you know, Carlsberg Zero to a, to, a, to a slightly lesser degree. But brands that have really used the heft and the power of their marketing spend to raise the visibility of the, the team and the players. And, and that can never be ignored, particularly for a sport which is looking to actually sort of make more of an impact and more of a mark on, on the, the consciousness of the Irish sporting fan. One of the new areas that we introduced this year, which produced some really fascinating results and not necessarily particularly good results for us within the sport and sponsorship sector, was looking at youth. We know Mm -hmm. that the future belongs to the young and the idea that teenagers need to be brought into sport and brought into events at a very early age in order to really firm up that lifetime commitment to it. But looking at the numbers from across our membership, there is a sense that we're not really doing that terribly well at the moment. That's right. I guess the the good thing is that 
the industry is self-aware of this, right? So, you know, we ask the question, you know, is the industry doing a, a good enough job to engage audiences of a range of different age levels? And it's really that group of teenagers is the one that stands out that the, the industry knows it's not doing a good enough job to engage that group. And, and, and that's interesting from a business point of view, because we hear that a lot from a participation point of view. But where we've delved into that with, with this survey is then around things like broadcast, around the event experience. And, and we're able to look at those specific areas and see how the industry feels it's doing in those areas. And, and across all these different age cohorts, it really is that teenage group that the 15 to 17 year olds that are the ones that that as an industry, we're not doing well enough. We're not serving that group well enough. And, and that's the that's the you know, that's when everyone's looking in the mirror there. That's the group that they seem to be most concerned about. And you know, that's reflected in some of the, the, the data around media as well. So I think that's a, a you know, a, 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 not just a watch out. But a, but a call out for the industry as well that, that more needs to be done for that age cohort. Self awareness is very important, and also awareness of what it is that that teenage cohort considers to be media. Because we asked the question as to you know whether we felt that broadcast coverage, for example, was mm. was in a good place or a bad place. Sixty nine percent felt that it was either average or poor, and. Was that a question, do you think, that was answered from our point of view because we think of it as being television and radio and online? But, you know, I, I look at, at my own teenage kids and it's TikTok videos that they're looking at. That's where it's coming from. The, the hashtag for the World Cup has achieved over 700 million views in the first couple of days of the tournament down there. So is is it as simple as transitioning towards that kind of social media outlet that that youth is engaging is that what the industry thinks they need to do look we don't know that for certain from what we've seen in this particular survey but there's there's no doubt that consumption habits are different and that therefore you know media is only ever a, a, a channel to reach an audience and so you need to use the channel that, that the audience is is both willing and, and able to consume, right? So that's the that's that's the problem that the industry needs to solve is how it presents itself on the channels that consumers and particularly young consumers are willing and able to consume. And within that, there are considerations around the devices that they're using. So are they watching on television or are they consuming on their mobile phone? And how they want to receive that. So are they open to advertising? Are they open to subscriptions? Or, or, or are there other ways that they want that? So that's the the, the challenge. I think um, the execution of that at the moment is, isn't good enough, right? That's the, the, the reality. So you know, each rights holder needs to look at themselves and think about how they are able to address that, address that challenge. And that, that feels to me like a really, really important area of activity over the next period of time and it, it needs to be informed by insight and it's, it's not easy to to survey and, and to understand that that younger audience right it's very easy to go out and speak to adults uh, about their consumption of behaviors but but the reality is that that more organizations need to spend more time really understanding that that younger audience if they want to present themselves in a way that's relevant to them 
I'm very confident that actually identifying that as a real challenge is going to lead to a much better future in terms yeah. of how we as a sector actually address it. We we see that in this wave as well. We 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 recognised the fact over the past number of waves of this stretching back all the way into the into the COVID period that diversity was something that we really did need to work on. And it was very heartening to see that that the number of people who believed that, you know, who strongly believed believed that there was a lack of diversity within Irish sport and Irish sponsorship had now halved. So that's come down from 23%, which we recognise as being a, a serious shortcoming, down to only 12%. The, the fact is that if you recognise something and you work at it, that you will get positive results. And that's a good indicator within this survey, isn't it? As a business, we're built on intelligence, Rob, and it's this sort of intelligence that helps us inform the industry, but also project what what can and, and, and might happen within the industry. And so through tracking things like this, um, we've talked about women's sport already, talking here about diversity and inclusion, we can, first of all, identify the problem, as you said, and then start to see, you know, how it can be addressed, and then to see the results of it being addressed. And, and I think you know, one of the things about an industry survey like this is that those of us working day to day in the industry who, who have managers who aren't necessarily in that same space, who, who, you know, like you say, you work in your own office and you think things are happening, or but you, you want some evidence to present to your colleagues. This is the sort of insight for me that, that really helps us see that, there has been progress made, and that's really, really positive, but there are still more things that we can do. And, and that diversity um, you know, problem, let's call it that, that has reduced is, is, um, is a real you know, pat on the back for those in the industry that have been driving that, but also shows there is still more work to be done as well. It's a it's it's a great survey. It runs to you know almost thirty pages of, of real detail in there as well, and you can you can find out more by by either approaching on site sponsorship through John or or any of the the team there, or by uh, by coming to us at uh, at sportforbusiness.com. One of the questions that we asked very specifically time related that didn't necessarily relate back to what we've learned over the years was mm. was the the perception of of different properties and how attractive mm. they actually were given the time uh, you know the rugby world cup broadcast sponsorship came out on on top of that uh dublin gaa which i think we'll learn over the coming weeks is uh, has probably already sailed um on that one with uh, replacing aig who've been there as brilliant partners for for a decade and um, the men's national team in the fai and the united rugby championship all sort of featuring you know very highly there in terms of their their attractiveness when we asked the question, do you get a sense that people were answering it from an aspirational perspective or is the depth of the membership response sufficient to say, look, you know, these really are the ones that are going to be moving off the shelf very quickly? Look, this question was a bit of fun, right? I, I, I'm really pleased that we've asked this question because it is good to know of the things that are in the market at the moment, what, what is perceived to be a, a hot property. This is an anonymous survey, so I think people can be be honest and share their 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 true opinions within it. And and it's it's a, an industry view, right? We, we don't break it down. We can't say, oh look, look, this person thought this and that, but that's not how a survey like this works, right? So what it tells me anyway is that, and we see Rugby World Cup broad, 
Yeah, and we ask things that are open right at the moment. So it could have been, it'll be a different list in in six months' time or twelve months' time when we do this again. But you know, rugby World Cup is hot. We know that rugby is the the property that, that that a lot of people have a lot of confidence in. It drives some of the biggest values in sponsorship. So yeah, rugby World Cup broadcast sponsorship. It, it's unsurprising to see that at the top. But it is interesting to see how many more people picked that than, for example, picked Dublin GAA. So. Yeah, you can start to see that, that. And again, there's a time-based thing there as well. But the thing that really interested me was to see the FAI men's national team in, 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 in third place on that list, right? And you know, going back to that earlier question you asked about sports that people feel more confident about today than they did six months ago, you know, soccer is on that list of those that, 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 you know, that, that, that are there and whether that's the women's team doing well or whether that's other things that the FAI is, is doing, we don't have the breakdown to be able to, to say that for sure. But but the result is that, you know, over half of those people that we surveyed, you know, significantly over half said, you know, this is an attractive property. And, and, and that's perhaps something that may surprise some people who are listening to this this podcast based on some, you know, history. But I think it's a really good reflection that there is for the right brand a property like that is is something that they should be be looking at and it can deliver value um so yeah and, and similarly you know looking down the the rest of the list you know category partners of the 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 kpmg women's irish open you know the cricket island men's national team um parky Queeth, you know there's some really interesting things within there that i think you know for those that have responded to the survey and, and have access to it, it it can just help you really get a feel for but where things sit in the in the hierarchy of uh, of opportunities, and it while it doesn't give you an insight on value, it, it can start to help you feel about what what value might look like as well from a from a different perspective to the traditional value perspectives that that people may have. The you know the, the, there's plenty of more questions in there. You know, eighty five percent of those who responded believe that using sporting stars to you know to promote and to you know and to activate a sponsorship presented really good value and and was very effective in there. Um, you know, others in that that will that will give. Uh, pause for thought for uh, you know for those who are in the business of activation um before i let you go um it's always nice looking to the future as well um mm-hmm. artificial intelligence is one of those areas where every day we see something new coming out from a sponsor or a sport or a right holder that's actually going to you know change the way that sport is perceived the way that it's viewed the way that it's experienced in the live environment as well and we're at about 20% or so that believe that it's going to be part of your own companies you know yeah. those that answered the questions uh, view on it was that a figure which uh, you know which surprised you in any way yeah i think so a little bit i i, I thought it might be higher i thought it might be easy for people to say yeah we're going to do something without really uh, putting their colours to the mast and saying what that's going to be. Although what I would say is that 12 months ago, maybe 18 months ago, we'd have asked the same question about fan tokens and, and blockchain. That was They were the hot sort of terms in in, in the sector um, at, at that particular time. And and, and while there was a, a wave there, we've obviously seen that, that, that sort of pull back uh, quite significantly over the past 12 to 18 months. I think AI is a bit different. I think if we ask this question again, in six or 12 months' time, we'll see that number go up. But also, we'll start to see more activate activity and activation uh, using AI. And, and so, 
yeah, that's a, that's one we'll I, I think keep in there, and and we'll see how that grows over time. But I think you know, what that tells me is that again, industry people can tell their peers that and their their colleagues that if we want to be a, a, an early mover, there's an opportunity for us here. It's not like everyone's jumping in, um, but at the same time, we will be an early mover, and there aren't too many local examples yet of things that have happened that are working really really well that we can latch onto and say that we can do that and it will be all right. You've got to be taking a risk if you're going to be doing that in the next six to 12 months. So that's that's how I'd summarise that at the moment, Rob, I think. It is always a pleasure to talk to you, John, and to dive deep into these insights. As you say, this is a survey which creates intelligence upon which we can build better sponsorship. And there is a lot of detail. You can find out more about us at either Sport for Business or on Size. The details for those will be in the show notes of this podcast I'm really looking forward already to doing this again, to getting into the next wave of it. Uh, But for the moment, John Long, as I said, always a pleasure to talk to you. And thanks very much for taking the time on the Sport for Business podcast today. Thanks very much, Rob. It's been brilliant to work with you on this and lovely to talk to you today. I hope you enjoyed that. If you want to explore the research in more detail, you can make contact with John or the team at onside.ie. If you want to find out more about the commercial world of Irish sport in general, in all of its forms, then please do join us at sportforbusiness.com or drop me a line at rob at sportforbusiness.com just to say hi. You can subscribe to this podcast, which drops every Tuesday and Thursday across a wide range of sports and sponsorship-related areas on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Sign up as well to our twice-daily email bulletins, or check us out on Twitter or LinkedIn. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us today.